When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For GM and Revolt, that means leading the way on the road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at GM.com. GM, everybody in. Yeah, it's your boy, Babe OG, and I just jumped off the porch with Dirty Good Bastard. Let's get it. Alright, today we got Baby OG jumping off the porch with us today. Right, what it do, what it do? Not much, man. How you feeling? My everything good. Science shit different day. Hell yeah, mine. You know what I'm saying? How y'all <laughs> yeah, you know that, go down in Memphis? Yeah, that's, that's that Memphis. That's that Memphis slang. I ain't gonna lie. You already know what yeah, it is. Hell yeah, y'all be hitting that shit hard as her. You know what oh, I'm saying? Oh yeah, joint, mine, all them. Them my favorite words. We hitting all this shit. Man, it be like them R's, them words, and hers, and yeah. goddamn. That then shit, we, hey, that's that swag though. Then we put a long ending on them. Like, hell no. <laughs> Fuck no. Nah. So plenty of folks be telling me that shit about the accent and shit. Hell yeah. Yup. So what you out here working on in Atlanta? Man, I really just came out here to fuck with y'all, but shit, since I didn't came out here, I uh I hit take keeping them up and let them know I was out here. They already set me up a studio session. So when I leave here, that's where I'm strictly going straight to the studio. Hell yeah, that's fire. Yeah, yeah. So how would you compare South Memphis here to Atlanta? Uh South Memphis, I ain't gonna lie, like, it's crazy because it's like South Memphis is more divided. Memphis, period, is more divided than anything. I feel like Atlanta got more structure. You feel what I'm saying? Memphis ain't really got that structure like that, but it's coming though, because there's a lot of artists that's blowing up and a lot of people linking up. And it's the right people that got into position and they putting the right people together with each other and trying to make a change for this shit. So it's like, we building structure, but we ain't just got it yet. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I heard it's really a structure. That's all. Yep. So how would you describe life back home in South Memphis? Uh, like you comparing it to now or back then? Like back then or now? Both. Both. Back then, growing up, it was a little better than now. I ain't gonna lie, the shit didn't get worse than back then. You know what I'm saying? Back then, it was more, it was more genuine. You know what I'm saying? And that like, I feel like the OGs didn't really guide us the right way. You know what I'm saying? So the streets just fucked up now. It's more, it's like they guided the young niggas to do all the wrong shit, but the right shit, you feel what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's more fucked up now than anything. Back then it was, it was more genuine, it was more love, all kind of shit. Now it's just, it's corrupted like a motherfucker. But like I said though, it's, it's coming back together. Everything, 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 you know what I'm saying? For sure. Yeah. How would you describe your childhood coming up? My childhood coming it was a blessing and a curse. And I say that because the blessing part come from, 
you know where you came from. So you get up and you hustle and you grind every day because you know what you don't want to go back to. You feel what I'm saying? The cursing come from you know what you had to see, you know what you had to do, and you know what you had to hear as a child and this certain shit that you ain't have to, you really didn't want to have to go through. You feel what I'm saying? I feel like that's where the cursing come from. But, you know, it is what it is. It, it shit made me a man though. You know, all the shit I've been through and seen and shit like that, it made me the man I am today. So, like I said, it was a blessing and a curse. Yeah, yep. shit. When would you say you jumped off the porch? I jumped off the porch. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, when I jumped off the porch, it was like, I like sixth grade. I know when I first jumped off the porch, I know my mama used to be you know, overprotected about a nigga. But all my niggas, man, they, they been off the porch since shit. They was eight, nine and shit, you know what I'm saying? My mama was overprotected about me, so she didn't really want me to just leave the street. I couldn't go from one stop sign to the other. You know what I'm saying? My daddy had cancer and shit like this, so. My daddy was, you know what I'm saying, going through the cancer, trying to get it in like a remission stage. So, you know, my mama had to be his backbone and help him out. So she had to go get a job and shit. So I remember one day I walked in there and I asked my dad, I know my mama was more protected by me than my father and shit. So I know I, I remember going in there asking my daddy, you know what I'm saying, can I leave the street? You know what I'm saying, can I get out and, you know, enjoy myself with the other kids? And I remember that shit like yesterday, he was like, hell yeah, yeah, you can. No, just be back before 10 o'clock. That's when I got to go get her. Mm-hmm. And that was my first day just jumping off the porch. I remember going over my nigga in them house and they mamas them like, you know what I'm they called me by my government now. They like, Nicholas, what you doing over here? You ain't got no business over here. You better take your ass back home. And I'm like, nah, no, my daddy authorized me to leave the street. No, all my niggas was already leaving. When I lived, I'm smiling, I ain't no shit about shit. I ain't no killings was real, robberies was real. I'm seeing that shit on TV, but I ain't know that shit was real. Yeah. So that's how that shit went though. Like my dad is, my dad authorized me to lead, lead, finally lead the street. I can finally go past one stop sign to the other. And that shit been, it's been there ever since. That's hard. What would you say is the biggest life lesson you learned growing up? Biggest life lesson? My biggest life lesson <clears throat> is to show my kids a different way than what, you know what I'm saying? Than what I was, all, when I was always raised up and taught. You feel what I'm saying? Cause I ain't gonna lie like, Growing up in South Memphis, that shit was rough. You know what I'm saying? A lot of motherfuckers don't know about when you ain't got no heat in the house and you having to cut on that stove to heat that house up. Yeah. That's pain, you feel what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? It, it, it don't feel good when you gotta get all your niggas together, y'all scraping up, you know what I'm saying, quarters and dollars and shit to get something to eat in. You know what I'm saying? You wearing the same shit, you know, a couple of days. Cause when I was growing up around about sixth and seventh grade, that's when the recession was really going on. That's when Jeezy was dropping recessions and shit like that. We didn't understand that shit. We kids, you know, we can't go on there and ask our mama, damn, why we ain't got no new clothes yet and shit. But we wearing the same shit for weeks. I'm talking about, I remember washing the same clothes, putting this shit back on the next day. So that's how this shit was. Like, that shit crazy though. That was a life lesson to, man, never put my kids through what I went through. Yeah. That's why I get up and grind every day like I supposed to. For sure. Sure. What would you say is the biggest obstacle you overcame so far in your life? Biggest obstacle? I ain't gonna lie, right now I'm at a like a, I'm at a mellow stage of my life where I'm just strictly just trying to get to the money. You feel what I'm saying? The obstacle that I came over was that street shit. I, I had to just really get through my head that that street shit ain't always where is it, you feel yeah. what I'm saying? A nigga was just out here running wild, no guidance, all kind of shit. So I feel like the street shit was the biggest obstacle that I overcame. Like, 
you can't even pay me to hardly do no screech. Like, you really got to take it there for me so I can get back, get back on it. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I ain't going to lie, I, I know my family need me and shit. And my biggest thing is, you know what I'm saying? I, a motherfucker, when a nigga out here in the streets, nigga ain't really scared to die. They just really scared of what's going to happen to their people. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? If something happened to me right now, I know it's going to defect my kids. It's going to defect my mama and everybody around me that love me. So that's my biggest thing is shit. I can overcome this street shit. I know how to, you know what I'm saying? Not go back to the streets and do all the shit that I was doing when I first jumped out here type shit. Yeah. Yup. So when would you say you started making music? Music? I actually started making music like 2010, 2010, 2011. Some up in there. I know, I remember I was going to Hamilton for sure. Me and my nigga D Money used to, uh. We used to listen to beats every day. And we used to be like, I used to just be free, we used to freestyle to them and shit like that. And we used to always want to see, want to really, really want to hear how, how the sound is. You know what I'm saying? We put this shit on, we put the vocals on the beat. So shit, our first step was, I always knew that if you grab some headphones, even if it don't have a microphone on it, it still can hear you. So I remember breaking, I remember breaking them motherfuckers in half and taping them together. And we downloaded a program called Cool Edit. And I told Cook, I said, Cook, every headphone's got a microphone in it, whether you believe it or not. And he was like, hell nah, I don't believe this shit. So she, we crunk up the program, I hit record, and I showed him. And that was my first step to re actually recording the song. It went from that to a buying a stick mic, from a stick mic to, to garage band type shit, you know what I'm saying? So that's how this shit first crunk up. Like, yeah, that was my first step to actually recording a song type shit. That's hard. Yep. So what motivated you to start? What motivated me to start? I ain't gonna lie, what motivated me to start rapping is, is like I can reflect back on like at least three things. My first thing is uh, my brother, he from Milwaukee, he used to rap and shit. So he brought all his studio shit down to the city one day and set it up in my mama house. And I remember coming in the room, I was a bad ass little kid and I used to cuss and shit. So one day I said some shit and I can't remember what I said or whatever, but. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cut off? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. He told me, uh, say it again. When I, he said it, when, I, when he told me to say it again, he had had the, uh, the thing on record or whatever. So I said it again. He was like, all right, man, you can get out the room. Ooh, it kind of spit me type shit. Shit, like an hour later, I walked past the room. I heard me sampled on the beat, cussing, saying some shit. So I was like, damn, this how I sound on the beat. And I was a yeah. little bitty, you know what I'm saying? I was a little bitty boy just, just doing some shit. But fast forward to that, I remember, uh, you know what I'm saying? Me and my nigga Warren, who's sitting behind me right here. I remember, man, we was sitting on the uh, green box when we was from At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
Young niggas. I don't know if we just got done smoking a blunt or what, but I remember that man asking me like, damn, could everybody play sports and shit? You know what I'm saying? Like, I play football and basketball, we do, we do, we do this. He like, damn, cause you ain't never thought about what you gonna do? And out of nowhere, I just bust out and said, man, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna be a rapper. Yeah. He, and he asked me, uh, what, what, man, what the fuck you gonna rap about? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, what you mean, cause what we gonna rap about? He like, cause what you gonna rap about? And I was like, I don't know. I like, man, shit, by the time we get old enough, we'll have enough shit to rap about. And I look back at my life like, damn, we got enough shit to really rap about now. We'd have been through so much shit. We'd have built up enough shit to actually make songs about. And it's stories that a motherfucker got to tell that these people got to hear. For sure. Yep. Who would you list as some of your musical influences? My first music influence was like uh, Gotti, uh, Gucci, Jeezy, basically majority of the trap rappers. But as I got older, uh, I started bumping shit like uh, Wayne, uh, Akon, Meek Mill, shit like that. That's hard. When would you say you started taking music serious? Uh, I started taking music serious after my brother died in 2016. That was my first time just knowing like, cause I remember him being on his old, I remember he got shot. He got shot like two, three weeks before he died or whatever. No, no, matter of fact, two, three months before he died. I'm sorry about that. And I remember going to the hospital, seeing him when he got shot before he actually got killed type shit. And uh, he was telling me, uh, he was sitting on, he was in the hospital bed and he hit me with the, you know what I'm saying, bro, I'm going through all this shit with all these gun wounds and shit. Uh, now you finally got something to rap about. And I was telling him, I was like, bro, I don't want to rap about that kind of shit. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. I felt like, you know what I'm saying, that wasn't nothing to rap about. And he was like, yeah, bro, you can rap about this shit. And then a couple months later, he got killed after, you know, he got shot or whatever. And I just still replayed it in my head, like him saying, like, bro, you got something to rap about. So now it's like, damn, I really got a story to tell. So, yep. I feel that. How did you get your rap name? The rap name came from my brother, you know what I'm saying? He was an OG in the streets and I'm the baby brother. So I kind of put it together like baby OG. And then it's like, these young niggas in the streets that's like two, three years younger than me. They ain't much younger than me, but they look at me as an OG because I'd have been through so much and I know so much to the point where when I get to talking to them and they feel like I'm preaching to them, they feel like I'm really telling them some OG shit because I ain't gonna guide them the wrong way. So I feel like, you know, the streets just label me as a baby OG. So I just put the nine together and, and that's what I came with, baby OG type shit. For sure. Talk about your best friend, Hot Boy Juice, who passed away from a car accident. Juice, I ain't gonna lie, like, when I first met him, he was just, you know what I'm saying, cool type of young nigga. When he got to hang around us and shit, that's when that street shit really got him, because I'm really from South Memphis, but then I moved to the Haven. That's, that's a whole nother part of the city. It's like, you got half, you got half of the people that's in the Haven, they, they just on some cord and shit, but you got, you got some niggas who out there on it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And Juice want that kind of nigga, but he seen how we moved, and. He's saying how all the niggas he looked up to was doing certain shit, so he got to moving like us. And I feel like, you know what I'm saying, the streets really cleaned on the juice. You feel what I'm saying? So, I mean, when, when he did certain shit, he got the attention and, you know, shit like that. And I remember the day he passed away and shit. I remember uh, going home, telling my baby mama and shit, 
waking up out of sleep. The same night he died, I was just with him a couple of hours before that. I remember waking up telling her, like, damn, man, we just went to a party. Once the DJ nigga walked in and saying, Juice, he got to plan his shit, you know, doing all kind of shit. It was, and Juice looked at me and was like, cuz you knew this shit was finna happen then. And I was like, nah, I ain't, I ain't know this, you know what I'm saying? And he, he swerved up and down. We knew that, they, you know, we, we was bringing him somewhere that everybody knew him. People in there reciting his words and shit. And shit, I remember we all departed ways from leaving downtown. And I remember waking up to plenty of missed calls and shit when I finally called back. To, you know what I'm saying? Called a couple numbers back. They hit me. They was like, man, he dead. You know what I'm saying? He died in a car accident and shit. So I feel like she, all the, all the rappers who blowing up now, like Chopper, Kivo, Block Boy, all of them showing him love and shit because he was really a musical influence in the city. So I feel like shit in my heart, I gotta keep doing this shit for my nigga. Yeah. This is what he wanted and I know what he want me to do to get, you know what I'm saying, to where I need to be type shit. Yeah. Yup. How did you end up linking with Take Keith? Me and Take Keith go back to Hamilton days. I remember uh, him walking up, uh, coming up to me in the gym when we were young, like 11th grade, 10th grade, something up in there, I can't really remember. But I remember him coming to me in the gym and he was like, uh, what's up, bro? My name Take Keith and I make beats and shit. And I, you know me, you know, once you look at somebody, you be like, ah, oh, okay, you really don't know if they shit really hard or not, so you kind of spin them. And uh, he was like, bro, uh, I need your email. I want to, you know, send you some beats and shit. So I gave him my email and shit. I ain't really think twice about it. But I know every day we got out of school, that's the first time we on number music shit. We recording and shit, me and my nigga D-Money, we record all kind of shit. So something just told me to check the email. And I seen the junk come from Tay Keith. You know, it was saying Brightavious Chamber, that's his real name and shit. So I'm like, damn, let me see what let me see what little brother talking about. This the young, you know what I'm saying? This the little young nigga that walked up to me in the gym and shit and told me he make beats. But he told me in the gym, like, I ain't just really hard like that, bro. Like he slick, didn't believe in himself. I remember clicking on that beat, and that motherfucker was so hard. Man, I ain't gonna lie, we got the we got the jumping on that jump right there in the nerve. Yeah. And I hit him up. I'm like, bro, I don't know what you talking about, bro. That shit was hard, you know what I'm saying? So, man, I believed in that young nigga when 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 I first, you know what I'm saying? When I first heard his beats, I said, bro, you gon' you gon' yeah, you got it. You gonna be rich, but he ain't believe in himself. So shit, I feel like I was one of the motivational influences that really led him to where he need to go. I influenced him and told him that, bro, you gonna be rich type shit before anybody, for sure. That's solid. Yep. What was it like working with him? What is it like working with him? Uh, back then, it was, it was fun. But now working with him, you know, it's more business than anything. But when it come to back then type shit, it was like, shit, he just sending us beats, we working. I'm rapping on the beats, I'm sending them to, other motherfuckers like, you know what I'm saying, Key Glock and them and Kenny Money and all them. And shit, all us been working with each other for years and we were young type shit, so we used to send each other shit. Everybody had their own studios and shit, so working with them was, was a pleasure. I ain't gonna lie, it was, a, it was a good thing being able to see him go from where he was at then to where he at now. And he a genuine guy, like he really wanted to see me win, so I'm staying down with him. And he was one of the first niggas to actually come back that actually made it and actually, you know what I'm saying? Give me that boost to show me that, bro, I'm still here with you and I still want to see you on top type shit. Yeah. Yep. Are you signed to him? I ain't, technically I ain't on paperwork with him, but 
you know, when he gave me the chain or whatever, he welcomed me to the team type shit. So I'm part of his, I'm part of what he got going. So that's why I said like, I'm out here now. Once I hit them folks and told them folks I was out here, he instantly set up me a studio session. So that's what we going to when we leave here. So I feel like eventually paperwork will be involved if I keep doing what I need to do, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. To go over the hump. But if not, you know what I'm saying? I actually appreciate him for what he did because didn't nobody have to do that shit. For sure. You grew up with Key Glock, right? Yeah, that's my nigga. That's five. Yo, yo, that's my nigga. Uh, where I'm from in South Memphis, the hood I climb and shit, I'm from the field south. But my mama stayed in Pine Hill, but you know, growing up, you gonna go with whatever your big brothers and shit, you know, running with. You know, my brother was climbing the field south, so that's what I was. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before cling to. Oh, I'm from Field South, you know what I'm saying? So that's where I started running it. But in actuality, I stayed in Pine Hill. So I'm really close to all them guys that's from Pine Hill and that's where he from. So this always been my little nigga type shit, yup. We go way back, like from when he was young. Yup, we been working with each other since shit. Since then there, I started rapping type shit. So this is really a motivation and influence to see where he at. Yeah. Yup. What's your relationship like today? We, we still cool, you know. You know, he doing his thing, so he a little busy. You know what I'm saying? He doing his thing, so he big, and, you know, he didn't made, he didn't pay it away for himself. So it's like, shit, we don't talk like we used to, but it's still love and shit. Like, when I run into him in the city, when he when he in the city and he just out there, you know what I'm saying, you know, probably taking his little breaks, vacation type shit, I run into him, it's still love. Or if I DM him on the gram, he'll hit right back. So I always know we locked in for life. We ain't got to talk to each other every day to know that we still, you know what I'm saying, cordial or whatever. So, yeah, it's my little nigga for life. Like, can't nobody take that from me. For sure. Yep. What's your relationship like with... At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Black Youngster. Me and Black Youngster, we, we cool too. You know what I'm saying? Like, my neighborhood that I'm from in his neighborhood, we've been, you know what I'm saying? Our hood's been beefing all our life. But he a genuine nigga. He the type of nigga where if he fuck with you, he fuck with you. He wouldn't let that beef shit come in between him really fucking with you. So 
I remember when I was young or whatever, uh, my mama's house got shot up. That was one of the first stages of us really just actually getting to know him. So when our house got shot up or whatever, uh, rumor was Black Youngster did it. And my brother, you know what I'm saying, rest in peace to kill the sound. You know what I'm saying, he was a real street digger. So earlier that day, they had had a big gang fight with his hood and my hood. So the rumor was Black Youngster did it because he actually controlled his hood. So you know, when you actually control your hood and you the main nigga in your neighborhood, everything that happened in your neighborhood nine times out of 10, your hood gonna put it off on you. So you have to come clear them altercations up. So my brother made a couple calls and got them on the phone. He was like, nah, bro, I ain't do that shit. I ain't shooting at no nigga mama house, woo woo woo. And my brother a real street nigga. Like he the type of nigga, if he's really, if he's really there, he'll take it there with you. So he, my brother like, my, uh, I wanna, you know what I'm saying? See you face to face type shit that actually, you know what I'm saying? He wanna get to see a nigga vibe and a nigga energy to see if he really did that kind of shit or not. You know, you can tell from a nigga vibe if they lying or if they telling the truth. So shit, he pulled up. When he pulled up, he ain't had no gun on him or nothing. He, he showed this up and he walked from his neighborhood to our house and told my brother face to face he ain't do that shit. So to this day, I'm a forever respect dude. You know what I'm saying? I always had the utmost respect for him because stepping to a nigga that you really know that's really out here and he really there to do something to you, you come to him face to face, no gun, no nothing. I, I can't do nothing but have the utmost respect for you. You a man in my eyes, you feel what I'm saying? Real shit. So the love I got for bruh, you know what I'm saying, is, is genuine, it'll never go away type shit. Cause he ain't have to do what he did type shit. Yup. That's real. Did I ever do music together? Yeah, yeah, we did, uh, we did like two songs together. Yup. It, it just happened out of nowhere. And I remember doing them tracks with him and he told me, uh, he was like, bruh, uh, hold on them junk. He said, Next couple months, I'm, I'm gonna be big type shit. Don't drop them just till I blow. And I remember him telling me that shit. And I'm like, no, I ain't, you know what I'm saying? I ain't know what was going on or whatever. She a couple months later, she got it signed though. So it was like, I don't know if he actually knew that, that, knew that that was already in play or he actually just spoke his rap career into existence. Yeah. So, yeah, we did two tracks or whatever. He told me to hold on them junts and drop them when he blow up, and I did it. And you know what I'm saying? The, the streets was fucking with it type shit. That's hard. So you met Meek Mill with Trey Vinci and Hit Kid, right? Yeah. That's crazy. Yup, yup. This nigga just got the craziest roster of people he know. Like, oh yeah, I know that, 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 that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's crazy because when me and, uh, me and Lil Trey was on the phone when this shit first popped off. You know what I'm saying? I remember uh, we were seeing Block Boy on Instagram hooping with him. And I was like, damn, that nigga Block made it, you know what I'm saying? Cause I've been knowing Block too, you know, through Tay Keith or whatever, you know, all them, all them used to do music with each other. And by be doing music with Tay, I always knew who they was, but we ain't never, I ain't never personally worked with them, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, me, me and him on the phone, we, we, you know, we running it down or whatever. He like, uh, yeah, man, he up there, who, who, who. So, uh, Meek, one of my favorite rappers, Meek, one of his favorite rappers too. And we was on the phone and, I remember uh, I was telling him, man, that shit would be crazy as hell if, you know what I'm saying, a nigga like me hit one of us up type shit. Man, this shit, so it's so ironic because it's like the next day, Meek hit him up and said, youngin', come pull up on me. And he called me and shit, he, bro, you know what I'm saying, Meek just hit me up type shit. And I'm thinking he lying and shit. I'm like, hell nah. We just got through talking about this shit yesterday. All right, Meek, I hit you up, bro. Yeah. So he like, man, fuck this shit. I'm finna send you the screenshot. Man, he sent me the, the raw screenshot with this nigga phone number and everything. 
And I'm like, hell no, nah, me hit you up for real. Like, he like, yeah, woo woo, I'm finna get ready to call him. So when he called him, Meek like he wanted him to come get up with him. She, he called me back and like, bro, I want you to tag along with me. So it was just, it was love that bro actually wanted me to go with him, man. You know what I'm saying? Get the experience, the shit that we experienced type shit. Yeah. That, that was love, though. That's how you supposed to do it, though, bro. You're supposed to bring your niggas with you everywhere so they can reap the benefits, too. If you know they ain't on those, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's my, and that's my nigga. Like, we, we go way back. And I, I really appreciate what he did because that shit was... That shit one of the reasons I go hard, you know what I'm saying? I really met my favorite rapper type shit on the come up. So it was like, damn, bro, like, and I actually, we actually spoke that shit into existence. So I actually know that this shit is really meant for a nigga. Like, this ain't nothing that I'm just doing. Like, God ain't gonna just show you no signs and just lead you the wrong way, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like this shit really genuinely for a nigga. Straight up. Yup. What's your current thoughts on the rap game? The rap game? That shit. I'm gonna be 100, that shit 50% fake and 50% real. Like, I know majority of this shit entertainment now, cause the social media didn't come in play. And you know when it comes to social media, they wanna see some shit that's either funny, some shit that's gonna make a motherfucker laugh, mad. So I know when it come to this shit, it's like you got to be 50% fake with these folks. And that was my biggest thing. I'm just on, stuck on that too real shit to the point where I never could really play the fake role. But I noticed through this, through this, through this rap guy and shit, if you don't fuck with a motherfucker, you at least got to play cordial with them until you get to where you need to go because yeah. you don't know who you need type shit. And the shit, the shit fake, man, it's real at the same time type shit. So you just got to do what you got to do till you make it. And I just tell everybody, this shit 50% real, 50% fake. Straight up. What would you say is the biggest risk you took that paid off? The biggest risk? That trip to uh, New York to meet me. I ain't gonna lie, cause I was working this shit and man, I had had so many warnings and shit that they had gave me and shit telling me that I couldn't take no more days off. And I feel like, damn. And I remember calling uh, my nigga Mike, he's my manager too. I remember calling him on the phone. I was like, bro, you think I need to tag along with the Meek situation with Trey? And I remember him telling me like, hey, yeah, you need to tag along. Fuck this job. Yeah. And I was like, damn, bro, but I got bills and shit like this. So if I tag along, shit, I might be jobless when I get back. And he was like, man, fuck this shit, bro. Man, you know what I'm saying? Man, you only live once. If this is this what you want, this is what you want. And man, I said, fuck this job. Man, I called in a whole week. I still end up having the motherfucker at the end of the day. I don't work there now, whatever, but, and it just showed me right there that you have to take, you have to take risk to fuck with this shit. Yeah. I don't give a fuck what it is. You gotta take a risk, even if, even if it's gonna put your life on, even if it's gonna cost you your life, you know what I'm saying? Or whatever, you gotta take a risk to fuck with this shit. Straight up. So, yep, that's what I'm learning about it. How would you describe Memphis's impact on the culture and rap scene right now? I ain't gonna lie, like right now, we, the ball is in our court. I feel like every, every major label or something want an artist that's from Memphis. I don't know what it's about, but we really got a, we really got a scene on the rap, on, you know what I'm saying, on the rap platform right now. You feel what I'm saying? So every big, every big label or when something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. 
that will only get you the rapper Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. For every artist that's out here looking for artists, they looking for somebody in Memphis. And I feel like the ball is in our court right now. So if you're from the city and you really want to do this shit, the time, this is the time. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? Just like, you know, Chicago had their wave and all the other spots had their wave. And I feel like the ball is in Memphis court right now. So if you're going to really do this shit, you really got to go and do it right now. To, now is the time. You know what I'm saying? You can't even play around with it. Yes, yeah. Talk about your new video, Let's Get It with Coke Cash. I ain't going to lie, like... That video right there, they just doing numbers right now. Like, we are already finna hit 50K. And I don't even know how long it's been out. It's probably not like a month, month and a half or whatever. But it, it's, it's going up. I ain't gonna lie, like, I used to be stuck on, you know what I'm saying, not trying to link up with niggas and do features and shit. But if this is what you wanna do, this this part of the business and shit. So me linking up with Cohen, you know what I'm saying, he really helped my situation. Cause the ball, you know what I'm saying? The ball already rolling in my court, and a lot of people are already paying attention to me. By me linking up with him, he a fan's favorite. So it's like, shit, it was, you know what I'm saying? It was really genuine, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, they, they just doing numbers or whatever. Like, yup. Talk about your Memphis Zoo live performance with Wicked Kid Films. With Wicked Films? I ain't gonna lie, like, I ain't think it was gonna get the reaction like it did. You know what I'm saying? That, that Memphis Zoo, like, I just, it just was some shit to really like, man. I need to go link up with Wicked because, you know what I'm saying? Wicked one of the top dogs in the city when it comes to this, to this music shit in the city. You know what I'm saying? If you ain't linking up with Wicked there, I don't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, it's pointless because it's like, if you from the city, you have to eventually tap in with Wicked on something. Yeah. Dude, dude got the ball right now. So I just hit him up and we put that shit in play and I ain't gonna lie, I ain't think it was gonna do the numbers that he did, and I didn't think it was going to get the reaction that he did. Yeah. So, yeah, like, yeah, that Memphis Zoo, that's something to tap into for these folks to go listen to, for yeah, sure. Yeah, Shout out that boy, Wicked. I call that nigga Wicked Kid all the time. I don't even know why. Wicked Kid? Yeah, yeah. I call man, that nigga Wicked Kid. Man, they need to get dude to A&R uh, position. Because yeah. I ain't going to lie, every motherfucker that Wicked said that was going to blow up, they actually blew up. Yeah. Like, he, it ain't not one motherfucker he ain't called that ain't that ain't took off. Yeah. Every motherfucker he called, they took off. Somebody need to get that man in an A&R position. Come on, man. They yeah, need to give a lot of these niggas A&R yeah, position. Yeah, man, we could go way back. We from South <laughs> We from South Memphis and shit, man. We could go way back. That's big bro. For sure. Yep. They need to give me an A&R position. Nah, for real. Hey, for sure, though. For sure, though. Like, for real. Nah, I'm You been doing this shit? I know you the same actually motherfuckers that came and sat on this porch, and when they left, they actually blew up. Hell yeah. And you actually knew in your heart that, man, I ain't gonna lie, I see something in dude, he gonna blow up and boom. Out of nowhere, I know, yeah, you need an A&R position. No bullshit. For real, for real. Let me in the door, man. Let us in the door, man. Man, facts. Talk about your upcoming project. I got a, uh, I'm gonna do a mixtape with my, uh, based on my old address, 675 Frank Circle. And I'm really doing it. I'm really just giving folks the rundown on how I grew up, where I'm from, and you know, I feel like when it come to your fans, you really want to just take them back to who you is. If a, if a fan don't know you, then they won't cling to you. They won't even, you know what I'm saying? That's how you make fans. They got to feel like they know you without knowing you. 
So I'm taking this shit back. I'm giving them a rundown of my life. So 675 Frank Circle, that's gonna be my next mixtape slash album that I'm putting together right now. And I'm just going back telling people my life from then to now so they can get to know me because I feel like all fans should know you without knowing you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When, when you listen to certain music, it feel like you know a person. Just like growing up listening to Gotti, growing up listening to Jeezy. The shit that they talked about and the shit that they taught us, I feel like we know them without knowing them. We don't know them personally, but through the music, we know them. And it's just because they told us a timeline of their life. You feel what I'm saying? So I feel like when you come to this music shit, it's a point of your, of your career where you got to tell your timeline and you got to tell your story Yeah. in order for these folks to actually want to fuck with you. So that's really what the next tape going to be. That's yep. hard. Any features on there? Cocash. We might be working on a couple of them. I don't just want to spill the beans right now because it might not go as planned. Yeah. But right now, we we got cocash on there with the let's get it, you know. But other than that, like I ain't really just looking forward to no more features. But Mike been getting in my ear, telling me we need to do this shit. So we got other shit in place. So I don't really just want to spill the beans right now, and it don't go the way that it's supposed to go. Straight up. Yep. What would you say is the biggest challenge that comes along with being an independent artist? The biggest challenge is spending your own money. Because it's a lot of artists, they want this shit. They feel like, oh man, you need to do certain shit to go viral. Everything that they want to do, they want to go viral. This shit ain't all about going viral. If you yeah. go viral shit, once the ball in your court and everybody looking at you, you still got to spend your money. What if the label don't hit you up and say, man, we want to invest in you? You know what I'm saying? You still got to come out your pocket and spend some kind of money on this shit. So that's the biggest obstacle of being independent. You got to really want this shit and you got to be dedicated to spend your money on this shit. So, yep, that's the biggest thing. You got to invest in yourself. So what else you working on right now? Uh, Right now, I ain't going to lie. Right now, we just really working on the tape and shooting videos and basically like marketing. You know what I'm saying? Trying to get me to where I need to be, trying to get more eyes on me that I ain't never seen me type shit. So basically like marketing, that's the biggest thing. So that's what we really doing, just getting to a marketing stage, tapping in with these Instagram pages and shit like that. They got the, they got the platform and just like right here now, we jumping off the porch. You feel Straight what I'm saying? Up. Real talk. This, this, I feel like as an upcoming artist, this shit that you got to do. So we taking all the baby steps that we need to get to where we need to be. Nah, for sure. Yup. Any last words and shout outs? Man, yeah, let me uh, man, let me give a shout out to all my, you know what I'm saying, all my niggas, my whole team, the La Familia, my manager Mike, my nigga uh, Worm slash Jose, he up next, you know what I'm saying? So once the ball get the rolling, we, you know what I'm saying, we gonna put the ball behind him then. Shout out to Tay Keith, shout out to, shout out to everybody who's supporting me, you know what I'm saying? Basically, this my, my shout outs right there, cause Yep, that's the whole team right there. For sure. Baby OG, we appreciate you having me today, gang. Shit, I appreciate y'all having me. You know what I'm saying? It's a pleasure being here. Nah, for sure, man. You wanna go to war about a bitch? That ain't what's up. See, I can crash if I want to. Break out that mask if I want to. Break out that bag if I want Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.